I was sick yesterday and today, and I'm just now coming out of it, so I thought I would go ahead and get this recorded while I'm still alive to do it. Got another average episode for you today. I notice my listeners keep fluctuating. I have a lot, and then I have not many at all. Still up around 53 or so viewers at my webpage. That's good news. Let's get started. Real time. Okay, today's movie, Long Shot Kids. This was done in 19... I don't know. 80 sometime. Maybe 94. Doesn't really say. Anyway... <clears throat> 93? I don't know. Description goes as follows. Longshot Kids follows the misadventures of two teenagers who want to play professional soccer in Europe. The big problem, how to pay for the trip. The answer, win the foosball tournament in Lake Tahoe. With the help of a precious young girl, they try to follow their dream. This is a film for the whole family to enjoy. It's color. It's a hundred minutes. Um, it's an hour and 40 minutes, for those who don't know. It says it's rated G, but there's enough language in it for it to be PG or so. So, take caution if you're watching this with the family. That is Long Shot Kids. It's starring Leif Garrett and Linda Manns. Yeah, I don't know. It's not the greatest. It's kind of cheap, kind of cheesy, still. If you're into that sort of thing, check it out. Otherwise, it's not worth your time. So, yeah, I've been sick. That's not good. Um, I've been pretty miserable. Um, it's good to finally be coming out of that. Drinking water and whatnot. Ginger ale. Um, yeah. Still a little weak. According to the weather, though, we got some storms coming. So, some more indoor time for me. We'll see. Chronicles of Narnia, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe just came out on DVD the other day. It's probably the highlight of my life. So, yes, I was at Walmart at midnight to buy it. Hmm. Anyway. Not much else to talk about. Unless you want to hear me complain about immigration. And we won't do that just yet. Next up, we have Poetry Corner. Poetry Corner. Today's poem, written by Jesse D. Finch. That's me. It's called, Tis Marriage I Desire. Tis marriage I desire, if I say no, call me a liar. 
for what more shall one look for in his life than the only one left for his heart to adore, that his wife. Word of the day. Today's word: scrupulous. S C R U P U L O U S. Scrupulous. It's an adjective. It means acting with extreme care. Scrupulous. Time for the three-minute update, which usually lasts six to ten minutes, depends on how I feel. Okay, starting out today with the first one. Expert says hard liquor helps houseplants. This comes to us from the Associated Press. Ithaca, New York. For home gardeners who don't want their flowers to tip over, a Cornell University horticulturist thinks he has the answer. Get the flowers a little tipsy with some hard liquor. Giving some plants diluted alcohol, whiskey, vodka, gin, or tequila, stunts the growth of a plant's leaves and stems but doesn't affect the blossoms, said William Miller. <laughs> Fitting last name. Director of Cornell's Flower Bulb Research Program. Miller reported his findings in the April issue of Hort Technology, a peer-reviewed journal of horticulture. Quote, I've heard of using alcohol for lots of things, but never for dwarfing plants, said Charlie Nardozzi, a senior horticulturist with the National Gardening Association, a Vermont-based organization that promotes plant-based education. It sounded weird when I first heard about it, but our members say it works. I'm going to try it next year just for curiosity, Nardozzi said. <clears throat> Miller's study focused on paper-white narcissus, narcissus and other daffodils, but he's also had promising results with tulips. Quote, I think with a little jiggering, no pun intended, the method will work for tulips, though I think it will not be as simple as with paper whites, he said. Miller began his investigation last year after receiving a call from the New York Times about a reader who had written to the garden editor claiming that gin had prevented some paper white narcissi from growing too tall and floppy and asked if it was because of some essential oil in the gin. Intrigued that diluted alcohol might act as a growth retardant, Miller began conducting experiments with ethanol. Because hard liquor is easier for consumers to obtain, he switched to alcohol and began trying different kinds, including dry gin, unflavored vodka, whiskey, white rum, gold tequila, mint schnapps, red and white wine, and pale lager beer on paper whites. The beer and wine did not work, likely because of their sugar content, he said. Quote, while solutions greater than 10% alcohol were toxic, solutions between 4 and 6% alcohol stunted the paper whites effectively, said Miller. When the liquor is properly used, the paper whites we tested were stunted by 30 to 50%, but their flowers were as large, fragrant, and long-lasting as usual. An economic, any economic benefits, at least directly, are slight, he said. Commercial horticulturists already have other crone control methods for large-scale productions, but for home gardeners, the gain is in terms of product quality. 
according to the NGA. 83% of all U.S. houseplants participate in some type of indoor or outdoor gardening activity. Miller, however, said he could envision profitable marketing schemes emerging from the study. Quote, Maybe instead of charging $1 for a bulb, you can market that $1 bulb with a mini bottle of Tanqueray, whatever, some alcoholic beverage. Uh, insert a little card with some history and instructions, put it in a fancy package, and charge $10 for it. Miller isn't sure why the alcohol stunts plant growth, but he has three theories that he is exploring. One, growth is caused when plant cells absorb water and expand. The alcohol could be injuring the plant roots, preventing the roots from absorbing the water as efficiently. Or, when alcohol is mixed with the water, the plant has to use more of its growing energy to extract the water from the solution. Or the plant uses its growing energy to rid itself of the alcohol it has absorbed. Miller will be working this spring to see if a little booze works for amaryllis and such vegetables as tomatoes and peppers. Imagine, he joked, you may be able to grow your own Bloody Mary. <clears throat> so you can get your plants drunk. Hmm. Okay, here's one. Also from the Associated Press, famous one-eyed kitty to go on display. Granby, New York. The one-eyed, noseless kitten that inspired an international debate last year over whether it was a hoax is coming to a new museum of oddities in central New York. The museum founder, who believes in creationism, said the kitten is meant to launch another debate about how science and religion intersect. The Oregon woman who owned the kitten said she turned down Ripley's Believe It or Not and sold the remains to John Adolphe of Granby because she liked his religious reasons for wanting them. Quote, We didn't want Psy becoming a joke or part of a, na a personal collection, Tracy Allen said. Quote, But John was so heartfelt you could tell he was genuine and sincere. Adolphe would not say how much he paid for the kitten, named Psy for Cyclops, he said he plans to have it embalmed Wednesday at a local funeral home. The kitten died in December, a day after being born. Veterinarians in Oregon said it suffered from a rare disorder called holoprosencephaly. <clears throat> Whatever. It's too long, it shouldn't be a word. Psy will be displayed in a glass jar in the Lost World Museum, which Adolphe hopes to open in nearby Phoenix this fall. Other exhibits will include giant plants and eggs, deformed animal remains, and archaeological finds, Adolphe said. Interesting, interesting. There's a picture of this cat. I believe that's a real picture. Um, which will be on my uh, blog webpage, so you can check that out. Next one, this is from Reuters. Teen takes car on 300-mile test drive. Wellington. A test drive meant more than just a spin around the block for a New Zealand teenager who took the car, or who took a car, he was considering buying on a 312-mile drive. Police in Timaru, about 62 miles southwest of Christchurch, said the 16-year-old boy returned the car after taking it on the lengthy test drive over the weekend. The boy will not face any charges, as the owner did not stipulate any conditions for the test drive, police said on Wednesday. Figures. New Zealanders. Oh, stupid things. Next one, this is from the Associated Press. 
Apple unveils software to run Windows XP. <clears throat> San Jose, California. To broaden its appeal in a Windows-dominated world, Apple Computer Incorporated unveiled software Wednesday to help owners of its new Intel-based Macs run not only um, not only its own operating system but also Microsoft Corporation's rival software. Apple's shares surged as Wall Street bet the move would help Apple grow its current worldwide personal computer market share beyond the current range of 3% to 4% by attracting more business and home users. Quote, it makes the Mac the most versatile computer on the market, said Tim Baharin, a tech industry consultant at Creative Strategies. Apple's new Boot Camp software, a beta version, available as a free download, lets computer users with a Windows XP installation disk load it on the Mac. Users could then switch between the two operating systems using only one at a time, by rebooting, a process that could take a few minutes. Users would have to get their own copy of Windows XP. The Home Edition retails for $199. $199. Apple shares rose nearly 10% on the news, raising its market capitalization to $57.04 billion, an increase um, of more than $5.1 billion. Van Baker, analyst... Blah, 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 blah. Whatever. Okay. So, you can run your Windows software on a Mac, or just use the Mac software on a Mac. Either or. Disappointing news about that is that it's not just Mac. It, you know, the whole thing was Mac was always separate and apart from Windows, and that's what made them unique and cool. Now, everything is based on the stupid PCs. Goofy Windows things. Oh, I'm disappointed in Macintosh again. That's a three-minute update. Yeah, that's it for today. time for quick quotes and fast facts. Today's quote comes to us from Theodore Roosevelt. Do what you can with what you have where you are. That was Theodore Roosevelt. Oh, and you want to hear our fast facts, don't you? Okay, I can do that. Here's your fast facts for the day. People who dropped out of college Michael Douglas, Richard Dreyfus, Carly Simon, David Gower, Bill Cosby, John Snow, Warren Beatty, Mick Jagger, Jane Fonda, Candace Bergen, Matt Damon, Christy Brinkley, Kate Beckinsale, Richard Stilgo. And I'm sure there's many, many others. So that just goes to show you don't need college to be successful. You need Hollywood to be successful. Or the music industry. Whatever. Yeah. 
college just means you go work at McDonald's afterwards. Okay, it's time for Skyscraper. We last left off where the delivery boy told the delivery boy to bring in the fat man and got yourself a job, he left, whatever. Uh, he placed the gun on the table beside him and went back to sleep. Johnny Manton, that is. And we pick up on chapter 5. It wasn't until about two days later that I heard from Jack. He was knocking on my door as loud as ever. I walked over from the table and opened the door. Hey, Mr. Manton. Hey. I have some valuable info for you. Oh? Yeah, mind if I come in? Yeah, but come in anyway. He walked in and over to the couch that he usually sits on, and he sat. Well, spill it. It's like this. The fat man's a big crime boss, right? Right. Well, he was in the Fortin apartment building, and I overheard him say that he was planning a little visit to your place. Yeah. Well, aren't you going to kill him? Plug him? Fill him with lead? All that stuff? Look, kid, I live my life one day at a time. If the fat man shows his mug here, I'll take it from there, okay? But, scram, kid, you're bothering me. I'm not leaving. He wasn't. I took my forty-five out and polished it slowly. You have one of these, Jack? No, sir, he sounded nervous. Suppose the fat man or one of his hired muscle decide to play mumbly peg with your bones. What are you going to do without one of these? I, I don't know. I got up and walked over to my desk. I pulled open the top drawer and picked up a thirty-eight. What kind of gun is this, kid? Uh, a twenty-two. Wrong. When you can tell me what gun this is, you can have it. <clears throat> yes, sir. I tossed him the pistol and he caught it and studied it a while. It's a thirty-eight, he said suddenly. What makes you say that? Because I remember it in one of those detective comics I read. Well, it is a thirty-eight, but do you know how to use it? Sure, I fired one out at my granddad's ranch. I just forgot what they were called. Hmm, well it's yours, and here's a holster for it. Don't use the pistol unless you have to, okay? Sure thing, boss. He was an okay kid. I wondered how he would do in action, though. And it's time for Grubworm. Garden facts and news, etc. We were reading from the Ohio State University fact sheet on horticulture and crop sciences under the subject lawn mowing. This was written by William E. Pound and John R. Street. We last left off at cutting heights, and we pick up at mowing frequency. <coughs> the lawn should be mowed frequently enough so that no more than one-third of the leaf blade length is removed during any one mowing. For example, if Kentucky bluegrass is normally mowed at 2 inches, the height should not be allowed to grow beyond 3 inches before it is mowed back to 2 inches. If 1 inch is mowed, one-third of the total blade length is removed, and the one-third mowing rule has been followed. During seasons of active turf grass growth, many lawns will require mowing more than once per week if this recommendation is to be followed. Proper mowing frequency is a key to successful implementation of the Don't Bag It clipping return program. If extended wet periods provide timely mowing and prevent timely mowing, and the turf grass gets excessively tall, 
Move the mower height adjustment to the highest setting and mow the lawn. Once the clippings are dry, lower the height adjustment to the desired height and then mow the lawn a second time in a different direction. This approach is termed double cutting. Additional mowing considerations. Mowing directions. The direction of mowing should be altered every one to two mowings. Moving at Mowing at right angles, 90 degrees, to the previous direction will help prevent the grass from repeatedly being pushed in one direction and laying over, an important consideration at mowing at high mowing heights. Also, if, scalped, if scalping areas of the lawn is a problem, the different mowing directions will help minimize continual scalping in any one area. Mower Maintenance all mowing equipment should be kept in good working condition. Having the mower service prior to the heavy spring mowing period will help ensure routine maintenance-free mowing. Mower blades should be sharpened each spring and as needed during the season. A dull mower blade frays the ends of blades and results in brown tips which are unsightly and indicate damaged turf grass. Mow when dry. Turf grass should be mowed when it is dry. Wet grass is more difficult to cut and has the tendency to clog under rotary mowers. Mowing should not, however, be delayed for long periods of time because the grass is wet. Fall Mowing Practices During the fall period, mowing should continue as long as the turf grass is actively growing. If the maintenance height is 2.5 inches, during the fall period, it is permissible to lower the height to two inches during the last one to two mowings of the year. A lower mowing height going into the winter is important if the lawn is in a region susceptible to outbreaks of winter disease. Clipping return. Turf grass clippings contain measurable amounts of nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. Research has shown that when clippings are removed, 20 to 25% more fertilizer was necessary to maintain comparable color and quality as areas where clippings were returned. Contrary to popular belief, turf grass clippings do not contribute to thatch accumulation if proper mowing practices are followed. And that concludes The Grub Worm. And now this concludes our show for today. Thanks for listening. Remember, if you have any questions, to email me. Check out the website. It'll have the uh, just an overview of each show. Be sure to tell your friends about it. If you enjoy it, that's great. Email me, send me your comments, questions, suggestions, complaints, whatever. I'd like to hear it. And that concludes our show. Hopefully I'll be feeling a bit better for the next one I do. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, I guess I'm out of here. Have a good day or two. I will talk to you guys in a couple of days. I'm out of here. You've just been out of the lion's den.
Thanks for listening. And we'll hear you next time. Oh, you know that really hurts.